heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we are back. And I say we're back only because Phil and I, actually the last one was Phil, Alex, and I, but Phil and I, we have not recorded it in a while. Episode 17, YWC Football Talk Podcast. A little football talk before some AEW wrestling, but if you guys are listening after the date, we are recording on Saturday, May the 23rd. So much, a lot has happened actually in the league, even though everything with COVID going on, like we got a lot to talk about. That's true. Yeah, we did have a lot to talk about. Schedules, of course, being released and uh, a couple signed uh, signings. Uh, still, one player out there that still has not been signed. We can talk about that as well. But yeah, that's a good bit, of, good bit to talk about. Um, yeah, it looks like we're gonna have football though. I, 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 really points towards that towards that but i don't think we're gonna have it with fans i don't know what you're gonna start off with but i don't think we're gonna have a football this year with fans if we have fans it's gonna be very limited and maybe like a space in between like a lot of a lot of empty seats but yeah i feel the same too but the one big elephant in the room or not elephant but like the one big thing i want to address with football is it's looking like college football is getting back because your conference the sec announced that i believe it's june 8th uh facilities are allowed to open and players are going to train because the one big thing I've heard on like ESPN programming and other stuff is that college athletes want to play. Yeah, and, and I mean, this sounds, I mean, obviously football is my favorite sport, but the, for the obvious reasons, I don't, if football, let's just say football is going on right now, I still think we have it. Like, I just, I just, I don't know, it's, I just can't imagine, it would, like, that's when you really know this, like, I'm not saying that this isn't serious, obviously, don't, don't get me wrong, this is a very serious issue uh, that we're facing, the pandemic and everything, but... Like football, like no football. I think you have it has to be pretty bad uh, for them just to cancel that. Um, there's just too much money, one too much money to be made. Uh, to be honest, it's more greed than anything else. But um, but maybe I mean you had NBA, you know, and MLB and NHL all cancel. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But um, I think it's I think we're pretty good. But who knows? An outbreak could, could change that. So but exactly, or even to oh sorry about that. Go on. Sorry about that. Go on. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. Um, the one big thing I was going to say, too, and they, um, I know they were talking about this yesterday on ESPN with uh, college, is if what if one player gets it or a whole team outbreaks? Like, then they're in trouble. But at the same time, too, like, it's just, I guess, risk you're going to take because I feel like a lot of these states and stuff or conferences, uh, which one was it? It was the SEC that announced they're coming back, but then the ACC, I know, is allowing teams to decide, which I like. Like, where if a one team, like, a Virginia or Virginia Tech don't feel like playing, but Clemson's like, hey, we're going to train? Like, like it's one of those things where it's a do-you thing, but at the same time, too, I feel like that could have a backlash effect of, like, if one school opens and one school closes, it's going to be, oh, why'd you open? But at the same time, too, I like it just because let the schools do what they want. Well, at the same time, college is a little different because the school would be liable, whereas, like, um, you know, like the NFL teams and stuff, like, you know they're paying their players. The players are getting played by the you know by their by their organization, so they can the risk. There's risk that they they're allowed to take there. Um, I, that's why I just don't think that you do any fans because like I don't know like I th- if I'm if it, if I if it's me like I just feel like most people just from what I'm gathering like they're not going to try to big, do any kind of major gathering. And you're talking about football. I mean, what are you? I mean, 
I can't imagine you'd make an exclusive and make it like only like a thousand to five thousand fans. So I, I would just think you'd have no fans in general. So I don't think there's going to be any fans, which is going to be freaking weird. <laughs> it, it'll be weird, but you know what? Um, and I've been saying this to some people: the NFL makes so much money off of television revenues that revenues they will have lost. Like t- individual teams will hurt, but with buy ticket sales. But the league is going to be getting so much money revenue because not only is there television revenue, fantasy football is another huge money maker for the NFL. Also, going back to television, uh, programs like Sunday Ticket and Red Zone, uh, those are big money makers for the league. So, like, if the NFL, like we saw, free agency went off without a hitch, even though we will talk about it in a minute because there's still one big fish left to sign. Um the draft was a huge success virtually. Like, I watched... This is the first time ever I watched all three days. And there was a couple technical stuff, but that was on ESPN's part, not the league's. But just the overall, like, feel of the draft was great. And it went off. And now we have the schedule, too. So... And also, the other thing, too, is there is no international games. So, no London, no Mexico City, which I like. Keep it in the United States. And even, too, with an NFL schedule, the teams aren't traveling, like or too long, the only time I know about this, and we'll bring it up right now, because the Patriots have it where they have back-to-back L.A. where they play the Sunday week, I want to say 12 or 13 again, yeah, week 12 against the Rams, and then the th- four days later they have the Chargers, no, it's actually flip-flop around, they have the Chargers and the Rams in L.A., so apart from that, most NFL road trips, it's you're gone for less than 36 hours. Right, and I mean, I think that... Um... They did that. I mean, they did the right thing with that. I mean, I wouldn't do any international stuff. Who knows when that's going to be able to kick back in anyway. I would assume next year, but you don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's – I feel like there's something you said that I was going to – oh, I, the revenue part. That's what made me think of something. I think I heard it on the radio, but they said something about uh, – I don't know if it was a suggestion or something they heard or what. Like, So I really don't – it could be just you know white noise, but – I heard something about if they did have no fans that they would use, they would basically sell like, you know, like the fake, like like the cutouts and stuff. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a banner or something with, you know, you know, obviously it'd be high class and you wouldn't be like you know, Joe's Fishmark or something, but you know, they could sell it to like Coca-Cola or whatever, you know, Pizza Hut, things like that um, to get a little extra revenue. I mean, not that it's going to make people buy pizza even more, but, um, it made the draft commercials made me and watching NFL Network. It makes me want Pizza Hut because like every fifth commercial is for Pizza Hut. But um, the only other thing I was gonna say too, like to Phil's point, and I've seen this like with certain. That's uh, Phil goes. Well, I'm gonna talk about this uh, because certain leagues have done this. I know in like Korea with I believe baseball, and then like with the Bundesliga in Germany, the German soccer league, they're selling cut. Like I don't know if it's if they're selling it, but they have fan cutouts in the stadium. So. If the NFL was doing that, like if the Patriots did that, where it was like, hey, spend, I don't know, unless it was an outrageous number of dollar, I would do it to where there's a cutout of me in Gillette Stadium for a home game and then just do what the Atlanta Falcons do and pump crowd noise in. That's that, that's my take on the whole thing with the uh, NFL. Like I was saying, if you, like Phil, you could buy a spot, say for, I don't know, 100 bucks for a game and just have like a cutout of you in the stadium at Gillette Stadium. You'd have fans wanting to do that at every single NFL stadium. And then you pump in crowd noise, like I said before. Then you just pump in the crowd noise, like the Atlanta Falcons are notoriously known for. I mean, that's true. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. But yeah, and also too, with all the new jerseys coming out, too, teams are making money off the jersey sales. Like, I know if you look at the top ten, like 
five or six of them are all Tampa Bay. And then also, too, I mean, with all this thing, um, the Rams got, like, what, 500,000? Or not, no, 500 million, I think it was, uh, to work on their, to finish their stadium. So, um, from the league, uh, I I did hear that. So, um, which is interesting, but, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I'm going to show you this because I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I saw a photo tweeted out today of the stadium. I just want to show Phil quickly over our Skype call. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I saw your tweet, I believe. Yeah, so yeah that like, stadium's going to be something else. Um, it'd be very nice to, to end up at WrestleMania there. I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> that's what I said. Like, I hope, like, Phil and I hope that we're able to be there next year in L.A. for Mania. But, fo- like, even, too, for football games, like, the screen looks awesome. Just the the overall feel of SoFi Stadium with the roof going, like, the, the clear roof. So, it's just sunlight beaming in looks good. And also, as long as you're not there in the summertime when Southern California can get pretty hot. But that was just right. that. Um, one thing I want to talk about, because um, I got asked to talk about this by the number one fan of the podcast, shout out to Randy Osga, is Andy Dalta. He wanted me to give my thoughts on the Andy Dalton situation, and upon that, I'm also going to talk about the stupidity of that reported comp, Dak wanting like 40 plus million a season. Like, I like Andy Dalton because I feel like it's going to light a fire under Dak's butt, just to be like, okay, I got to perform well because if I don't, they're going to, they won't probably hesitate to put in Dalton if Dak starts to suck. Um, and as for the contract, um, I want him to win more than one playoff game and also be able to beat a team with a plus 500 record. In order to get his money. Well, look, that, I mean, these quarterbacks are always going going for these extreme contracts and stuff. But Dak's not going to get that money, and he knows it. But I mean, start hot. I, I can't necessarily blame him, but he's not getting that contract. So uh, I hope he doesn't hold out because of it. I think that would be stupid. Um, because Andy Dalton could go in there and, and manage enough to, to to win games. Um, to where it's like, hey, we got to move on. We got to move on. Um, I wouldn't pay him that much. So um, I think he'll I think he'll get smart. They'll they'll find a middle ground and, and they'll pay him. Uh, uh, I wouldn't go any higher than what he, they'd have, but uh, that offer. But and also too, like they just paid Amari Cooper, they paid to Elliott. Like and there's some there's just some holes with that team, but I think this year is a make or break it for Dak Prescott to where if we either like he's a good quarterback, but when I say make or break it, I think. In order for him to get his money, he's going to have to make it far in the playoffs because it's you can do whatever in the regular season. You're probably in one of the worst divisions, or probably not probably, but you are in the worst division in the NFL. If he can go out there and somehow win like 12 to 13 games and make it to the playoffs and make it to the championship game, which the last time the Cowboys did that, I think I was two or three years old. Yeah, it's been forever. It's been forever since oh. you've been to the Ch- NFC championship game. Never mind a Super Bowl. But the NFC Championship game, he's got a. McCarthy will will make Dak uh, better. I, I yeah. can't. I can't imagine. Like I know McCarthy went face off, and I was. And I'm not that big on the hire. I think we talked about that. Yeah, we um, did. But at the same time, he's still better than Jason Garrett, and I think he's still gonna. I mean, that, if that team is does has less than ten wins, just clean house. I mean, there's just no. What are you gonna do at that point? I mean, that, that team is a is an easy ten win win team. I mean, obviously, barring injuries and all that other stuff, but Dak should have – like you said, I mean, this is a put-up-or-shut-up year for Dak, um, uh, but I think he gets his contract before he uh, sets foot on the field. But if he doesn't, uh, I think that's kind of 
you know, they wanted to have Andy Dalton to have something. They didn't want to waste the season away. Um, uh, so that's smart by them. But uh, I mean, I'm even looking too at their schedule. Like they open with the Rams, which should be a win for them. Then they open, and then they have their home opener against the Falcons, which could that's an easy two and zero start right there. Seattle's a challenge week three, uh, but I'll I'll say L. Cleveland week four they'll win. The Giants week five. So after week five, if they're not four and one or three and two, it's gonna look bad. But I can see that there, and then they have Arizona at Washington at Philadelphia, and then Pittsburgh. Um, it's just one of those things where it's I, I love that's such a double standard with me and the Dallas Cowboys because it's a team you love to talk about or I don't love to talk about it but I hate talking about them but look at us here we're conversing about the one team that has the most annoying fan base in the NFL and actually I mean I'll say this looking at their schedule their schedule is not easy there's not like I mean everybody talks about oh I think I've heard some things about like you know the Pats have one of the hardest schedules this year things like that this schedule is way harder and then after yeah, just by teams like literally literally like now Dallas is, is a more talented team than a lot of these teams but like I wouldn't be shocked if any of these teams stole a win over Dallas to be honest so maybe maybe I'm not maybe the 10 win thing's not as guaranteed but Dallas does have the talent to still win 10 games like you got McCarthy they, they, that should bump you up at least two wins but the only other games I see on here that are challenging is they have at Minnesota at Baltimore, San Francisco week 15 in a Sunday night slot, which I don't see getting flexed out. And then well, they, still, they play at home against Pittsburgh. That's not going to be a, a, a walkover. They have at, the, they have at Baltimore. Um, that at Baltimore game also, too. The Pittsburgh game is uh, like the 425 uh, America's Game of the Week slot. But that Baltimore game is the Thursday night standalone game. So remember last year when they went into Chicago and they played horribly and everyone remembered it? They go into Baltimore and get killed. Everyone's going to remember it. It could you could do great in all the other games. It's when a game in when you suck in primetime, people remember it more because guess what? There's not other games. Even though, even like say if it's a one o'clock game and you get killed, it's still a big deal. But it gets kind of mixed in with all the other one o'clock games. If you have a bad game in primetime, people are going to remember it because guess what? There's no other games going on, and everyone's eyes are on that one game. Right, and, and that. One of those games I'm looking at right now, or you have the Cardinals uh, on Monday. That's Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so I mean, that's that's just. I mean, well, at that point, we'll know if the car. I mean, we'll at least know if the Cardinals are decent um, at that point. And I, I can't imagine they're not. But uh, home on prime time, you're just talking about it. I mean, Dallas definitely has to win that game. So, um, but it's early. There's a lot that can happen for them. But yeah, you know, I'm not going to make any any bold predictions right now as far as that. But exactly, um, and their schedule's yeah. not easy though. I mean, if you look at now, obviously, you know they should beat they should beat the Redskins, but it's still a divisional rival. Yeah. And then you have at the Bengals. We won't by that point we won't know if the Bengals somehow became a playoff team or if the Bengals are still kind of average even with Burrow. So, um, but yeah, they got the Niners. They have at the Giants, of course, twice. They play the Giants twice. Uh, they play Eagles twice. Uh, they got the Browns still early in the year, so that's probably when the Browns will still be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, at Seattle, you got the Falcons, who knows, week two. I, I, I think they should they should win that one. Yeah. And then the Rams, I mean, the Rams could bounce back. They still have the talent to do it. Um, they just, you know, they just uh, can't think of his name right now, but the head coach kind of got figured out after uh, playing us. So McVay. Simple, but McVay, there you go. But he's a smart coach, and I think he'll, I think, I think he'll, he'll bounce back as well uh, with the Rams. So that's not an easy schedule, but... Um, but they have the talent, is, is what I'm getting at. And then the, adding McCarthy, keeping your players, um, uh, your main 
your main two guys on um, Dak's gonna play, and then you have uh, Cooper as well. So and then drafting another uh, stud on on, uh, on the offense. So I don't know why we just broke down the Cowboys season right there, but we did. We, so there we go. That's what we're here for. The, um, the other thing I want to talk about too, because we were mentioning it earlier with Col- well, we mentioned Andy Dalton, which we like. The other signing, the more I, I laughed at it at first, but then the more I thought about it, I didn't mind it, is Joe Flacco going to the Jets because it's not like Denver where there's pressure for him to play or anything. It's, you know what, he's it's like Brian Horner to Jared Stidham where Flacco's got experience. He's made, he obviously has more accolades as a starter than Hoyer, but he can mentor D- Darnold. And you know what, if Darnold gets hurt again or gets mono... Um, it's a little better going in than I believe David Fails is their other backup. So Joe Flacco's a more reliable name. So where if they, Darnold go, does go down, Flacco's yeah, not, not like the worst option in the world to put in. Yeah, it's not a bad a bad pickup. But yeah. I have this, uh, you know, I, you know, like I said, you said, I mean, you said everything that I could say as far as Flacco. Um, but as far as like transitioning into the fact that Newton is still a free agent, either there's some serious questions there and teams don't want to touch him until they see him because Clowney's still still available as well. Um, so there's that's the, the two top ones or whatever. But like, I have to think, even though he's, I think he's on a record saying he would be a backup. I have to think that Newton is not wanting to be a backup. I have to think it's Which, like a Clowney situation. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, you're good. But I feel like it's like a Clowney situation where you know what. I think Cam wants the money. I think he's trying to get money. I think he's like, oh, hey, I'll be a backup, but I still want, like, $15 million a season. It's not going to work like that. Like, he's going to have to do what Winston did where – and also, too, I, I, I love that signing for Winston to go to New Orleans just to, just to learn and be there and not have to worry about doing anything. Yeah, I, I, I do, too. And who knows? Winston could have a – you know, could be a – I mean, uh, could definitely, you know – Blossom late, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm lost for words for some reason. But yeah, I mean, I think with Newton, man, like even if some, even if he waits now and doesn't take a job, which obviously I, I don't even know if there's a backup job out there for him uh, outside of injuries come preseason. But like injuries in the uh, uh, in the regular season, it's like you're not going to pay a guy that's just taking place, like just taking, like it's just a, a temporary fix for your, in, you know, so you don't waste the season. Um, you know, so I think he would have to still have to, you know, get pretty much a minimum contract at that point. Maybe a little bit more, but I mean, you're you're paying a guy just to, to fill in. So I still think Jacksonville may be his best bet, just because we don't know with Minshew. Where if you send Newton there on a one year deal, where it's like, hey, you go to Jacksonville, you're still in a warmer climate, or even to Atlanta, because I know they still have Matt Schaub, but I'd rather have Cam Newton as my backup quarterback than Matt Schaub. Um, those are just two names I, think- I thought off the top of my head. Well, yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think with Jacksonville, they I don't think they want that unless that, that that's their plan, and Minshew's cl- clearly their guy, and so I don't think they want any kind of distraction or anything like that with him. Um, so if Minshew played, started playing bad or uh, got hurt, then yeah, I could definitely I don't see why they wouldn't reach out to Newton um, at that point. But because there's no other teams out there that need a backup, I don't really get the Jags anyway. Just let me just say that for I think we might have talked like Minshew's already proven that he can't like. Like, like he doesn't have everything. Like he had a little spurt, and you know he did. He had a little, you know, Minshew mania, but then it kind of fizzled out, and that's why they went back to uh, was it Foles? Did yeah. Then they go to Foles. Yeah, they went back to Foles, and it's like if you already went back to Foles, then then they didn't draft any that I know. Did they draft a quarterback in the draft at all? Uh, this year, I don't think so. I know they drafted um, noticeable anyway. Henderson out of Florida, and I don't remember who they got with number twenty, but. 
I think they took two defenders. Yeah, well, I know they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round. I know that. And but, they got a receiver in the second round, but, the guy that I was talking about, LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. And, and maybe the Jags were trying to tank to get Lawrence. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, you can't rely on that. Like, you literally can't. Um, I mean, it happened to work out for the Dolphins, even though they won some games they shouldn't have won. But um, they still got it. They also so, got lucky with Tua getting hurt. That's also true. Because yeah. if Tua no, didn't get hurt, he'd be a Bengal right now, and Burrow probably would maybe. be in Miami. Yeah, I think I think for sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, let's see where Newton ends up. I, I don't know. There's a big question. Yeah. I don't like. I, I really think some people would have solid backups too, so they're not going to even you know if their starter does go down, they're probably going to roll with their backup, and maybe they would reach out to, to get him to back up them. But then as soon as their guy's back, they're going to cut him. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's the main thing, like you said, well, with money with Clowney, but it's also that teams can't see him, see them, so they're definitely not going to take a reach when they can't, you know, they haven't been able to really uh, see him. Maybe we'll see a spurt when they can actually meet with him. I don't know. Yeah, I just think there's no spot. There's not very many spots for him, like you said. Not really. Um, the next thing I want to talk about quickly is, have you been following the, the stuff with the Rooney rule at all? That, like, teams uh, are... Really. Basic... Uh, I, know, I mean, I know there's always issues every year. Um, yeah. But sure. now the NFL is trying to step in and say, like, hey, if you sign a black head coach or a black general manager or a general or general manager or coach of color, you're going to get draft picks. Like, the I fact that, that you got to throw that out there, it's 2020, and there is only three coaches in the NFL who are African-American, one Hispanic coach, and one general manager who's black, African-American, and Chris Greer. All the other ones are Anthony Lynn, Brian Flores, and Mike Tomlin, and Ron Rivera, obviously. But the fact that in this day and age, you got to, like, for the, like, the fact that you got to throw, like, oh, hey, don't hire, like, oh, don't, hi- like, hire unconventionally, you're going to get a good draft pick. Like, why yeah, can't you just hire? I, I, agree. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're saying, but, like, I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think they just need to really, like, Hey, make sure these guys are getting interviews, and then it's like you know, hey, like okay, why? Are, let, let, you know, communication. Let them. You know, why are these guys not getting hired? Tell me why you picked the other guy. You know why? You know why? You know things like that. But yeah, like they just got they just got to keep communicating. I mean, I, I clearly they're you know the ringer rules just to protect their behind pretty much. That was the point I was trying to get at, where it was the whole like the laughable thing about it, where it was like you have to have incentive to hire a coach, like. You shouldn't be hiring a, a coach just because of the, like, oh, oh, yeah, we interviewed uh, this guy just to cover our asses. No. Honestly, if I'm if you're an NFL executive, don't hire just because of the color of someone's skin. Hire because of football IQ and football talent. If that was the way, Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, would have had a job two years ago as a head coach. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, like, also, too, like, how everyone was saying, like, oh, the Browns just got Kevin Stefanski because, oh, they needed a coach and Stefanski's available. If they had waited, waited, they probably would have got the enemy, no problem. That's what I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to go at the angle, like, at a different angle. I was just trying to go at the angle of the fact that you need to throw in incentives to want to hire. Like, oh, hey, if you hire an African-American a coach, you're going to get a third, like, a third-round pick. Like, no. Like, you got, they, they got to be logical because, as we all know, the NFL owners group, I... This is the one point I keep harping on as well. I don't think we'll see real change with all that stuff until you see an owner. I know there's the cons, obviously, and it ties in today. This is before AEW. Cons own the Jaguars. 
and the Khans are exactly, well, at least Tony Khan, very high up with all elite wrestling, they're the only owners in the NFL who aren't white. So until I think you see an owner or an ownership group that is mainly African-American, you're not going to see a lot of these, like a lot of the Rooney rules, like, affected. Right. Yeah, like, that's all I just wanted to say, just get it off my chest. But, um, but like we were saying before, Phil, um, so like how you said the NFL schedule's out, uh, let's, let's, let's make everyone hate this a little bit. Let's talk a little bit of a Patriots schedule, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. And and let me just preface this by, I already kind of said this with Dallas, so much can change, and I was even telling Alex off camera the other day, like, you know, it's hard to predict, like, I don't want to make any type of, actually, outside outside of the Pats, you know, I'll do, I'll predict ours, because that's what we do, but, um, you know, outside of that, it's like, it's just so hard to predict, like, until we get a little closer, you know, get to the preseason, and kind of, you know, maybe, like, right before the season starts, like, really, you know, you can make a prediction, but things change so much throughout the year, too, so most of the time, when you make predictions, they're going to be wrong. Uh, generally, they can be right, like, the overall consensus can be right, but. So, starting off, um, they have Miami at home week one, at Seattle on Sunday night football week two, and then home to the Raiders, at the Chiefs, and then home to the Broncos. And then, this is the earliest Patriots buy in quite a while, week six buy. Usually it's week eight or week nine, which I like because it's a break in the season, but we'll see. And then after the buy, very tough game against San Francisco, at Buffalo, at the Jets, home to Baltimore, at Houston, home to Arizona, then the L.A. back-to-back, and then at Miami, and then to finish it off, home to Buffalo and New York. Even though people are calling the schedule tough, I like the way that it's, like, the way that everything's spread out. It's not like last year where it's, like, where they had the bye, and then they had at Philadelphia, Dallas, at Houston, home to Kansas City. Like, the schedule's spread out to where it's, hey, you like, how, for example, let's look at week one to three. You're going to have Miami, who's an okay opponent, but then you have a tougher opponent in Seattle, and then you have an okay opponent in Vegas, and then you have the Chiefs. So where it's spread out towards, like, you have, a, you have a good opponent, but then you have a great opponent, where it's not like you're running a gauntlet. That's the one thing I don't see with the schedule. Right. And, and you know, I think, it, I mean, I think it's more difficult than last year's, so... You know, there's that aspect of, you know, obviously, you know, if you think we got worse, which, I mean, obviously without Brady, uh, we did in some aspect at least. And then we did lose some defensive players, but I think we did enough to make that uh, okay um, and be – I think we're going to be fine defensively. Make Call me Homer or whatever. I don't care. I think we'll be fine defensively. I'm just waiting. You know, I think Stidham's the big question there. Um, but, yeah, as far as the schedule, I mean, like I said, I I fully expected going in like before the schedule got released. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna look at this, and it's gonna be hard to find ten wins. But it wasn't. It was like actually really easy to find ten wins. Um, uh, I, I just I can't imagine if Stidham would have to be bad for us to go eight and eight or worse. Like he has to be bad, uh, and I don't think he's bad. I think he's at least average. So I think you know that you're looking at nine and seven, ten and six, then. And if he's better than that, you're looking at even better. Um, so, cause I think our defense is going to keep us in games, even though I know they kind of fizzled out towards the end of last year, but I think, I mean, I'd be, and I am being optimistic about this, but I do think they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a lot more humble this year going in. Um, uh, and it'll be a better unit because of it. Um, even though they lost some players, but they also gained some players as well. So, I mean, like you said, tough, I mean, the, the games that stick out to me, Baltimore on Sunday night, I mean, that's at home, but still, um, who knows what the Chargers will be? So you know, be, being in LA, back-to-back games, you know, one of them being on a Thursday, uh, could be a, a rough stretch. Then having to go at Miami, I think that's going to be the big thing. You know, 
uh, back-to-back LA games and then having to go at Miami. So that game uh, is one of the games I put on as a loss. I just assume they'll probably uh, sneak one there, especially if two is playing well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do like that we're playing Buffalo and then New York because I think New York's the worst team in the division, uh, clearly to me. But um, so I think playing New York in Week 17 that could matter uh, in the end um, would be, you know. It's better than uh, playing Miami at the end. I mean, it's at the home. We lost at home to Miami last year, so that doesn't really mean anything. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another. I mean, the San Francisco game, like you said, coming off the bye week, I do like that we're playing them coming off the bye week because that's going to be a big game. Um, Jimmy G's first game in New England, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. First game back in New England. First game against New England. New England. Um, so yeah, so it's that's going to be an interesting one as well. So. Uh, that was that's like I said that's one I don't I mean at home Bill knows Jimmy maybe you know maybe that I think that's one of those games we could probably surprise some people uh, even though we shouldn't win that game like looking at it now we should not but uh, by that game we might you know if, who knows what we I know looking at it right here like I said predictions you can they literally can change by the hour <laughs> sometimes when you look at them and think of different aspects and stuff um, but looking at it I think it's you know we're we, we're probably going to be around, what is it, like three and two, something like that. Uh, um, going to, so I've, I've got, and that's give, that's a, actually on the low end. Really, we could be four and one, but uh, that's giving us a loss to Kansas City and Seattle. So, yeah. Kansas City. And I won't say Seattle because it's at Seattle. That's the only reason I say that. Exactly, too. It just, it's a different experience going, when you and, go to Seattle. And primetime, it seems like Seattle, things just go their way. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, like, it's like you said. It's prime time, Sunday night, Seattle, like, they always go their way. I feel like, too, with New England this year, it's. I think it's going to be a lot of those, like, close games. Of the def- Either the offense is going to do just enough, or the defense is going to bail us out. Like, the other team's pressing, like, making a drive down the field, and it comes down to, like, fourth and, like, 15 with, like, 30 seconds left, and then the defense, like... Because that's the one thing I want to harp on. New England, I think, still has one of the best secondaries in the NFL. They do. Yeah. They do. No, like, yeah, like, reign defensive player of the year. Uh, Gamecock, Stefan Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Patrick Chung just got re-signed. He's yeah. kind of hit or miss. I, I'll admit that. But um, McCourty, you know, we got, you know, we kept all those all, all those pieces. And as much as people can get mad all they want about me saying that Cal, Cal Van Noy is replaceable, he literally, I mean, we literally had one of him before. I mean, Cal Van Noy had a great year. I'm not saying he earned his earned his contract but i'm just saying that we've had we've replaced players like him before um so it's i don't think that's as big a loss as people are making it out to be exactly and even to um high tower without high tower that's that defense just isn't the same high tower gets hurt you can wrap it up we're losing the division yeah i'll say that right now i just too big of i think i've seen it too much too much to not say that yeah no exactly but also too like i expect a breakout year from chase winovich um the line is my only concern, just because you don't like, like you said, like the line. I'm trying to, like, there's not a real star there. But besides that, like, the defense is still pretty good. Um, but you are right, though, in the sense of where, like, when I like even the bailout thing. But it's just going to be interesting this year. But like, you're right, Stidham's going to have to be horrible. Like, if Stidham can play average, this is a nine and seven football team. Yeah, and, and you talking about the line, like, yeah, we need, we do need pass rushers, but giving up the run, like. Is, like, I know that people would be like, give out the run doesn't lose your game. So, like, well, yeah, it does because you lost Tennessee. But that didn't – we couldn't freaking score. <laughs> like, th- them running all the time still only gave them a one-point lead for the longest. So, it's like – I think you can – you know, it's okay if our run run defense isn't the best. But um, 
So yeah, I, I, that's just something I was thinking of. But well, that same running and then that same running game embarrassed the Baltimore Ravens. So it's like, and their team was supposed to be this like world beaters. They were going to go to the Super Bowl and win it all. Lamar Jackson MVP season. But like Phil called it. I'll always remember this. Baltimore was rusty. Yeah, and it that was not, and it, it's it's not only that. Some teams are okay; they need the buy. They were just not a team that needed it. They they were on a hot streak, that, and the streak got killed by them having rest players, and then and then taking a week off. I just didn't. Tennessee was a hot team. Like if they had had they played another team and not a hot team, maybe they win, and then at that point, you know they're 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 you know they're good to go. Um, but they just had the worst matchup. Like had they played us, then, you know, which they wouldn't have. Uh, you know, it would have been a different matchup, but still, like, had they played someone like us or something like that, that they could have, you know, gotten a win against, but. There is one thing I want to look up quickly, and that is the Buffalo Bills schedule, because the more I'm thinking about it this year, where everyone's going, oh, Buffalo's this great team, they're going to, like, win it all, like, when I say win it all, I mean the division, like, let's just take a look, like, they have the Jets, the Dolphins, the Rams, the Raiders, the Titans, the Chiefs. Okay, that's a very tough stretch right there, back to back. I mean, at Tennessee and then stretch. Kansas City. And even at, at New York, and that, then play us, then play Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Good luck. But if you can tell me that the Buffalo is going to lead the division after after like the first half of that, the first ten weeks, like I don't see where you. And then it gets. It's not easier after that. They have another tough one too because they have back to back and back to backs in prime time. Week 13 and 14 at San Francisco, at Pittsburgh, and then Denver Broncos, Patriots, Dolphins. Who's to say this isn't... That that week 16 game, I think, is going to decide the division. Unless the Patriots are unless the Patriots are horrible, that game, I think, decides the division. Yeah, it could. I mean, it, could, it definitely could. Um, I mean, just, just glancing at this, I mean, I'm not, like, and, and being more optimistic, just for the... So, I'm not... Don't sound biased... Um, I would say they have like four losses before the bye week, maybe, maybe five, but I'll give them four. Let's just say, I, you know, we'll just give them four. And then, yeah, they're probably like something in six. So I'm not doing my math right now, but yeah, they're, I can't do it. What is it? Like, uh, I guess seven and uh, no, eight and six before that game. So New England could easily be right around there. So yeah, it could definitely be, um, Man, that that it could be for the division, yeah, it could, it could. Even though they're scheduled, like looking at the schedule, it's like, man, it's gonna be, it could be close. Um, that would... Miami just, and I, I, who knows with Miami? Like week two, still, like if Miami's rolling, I mean, Miami could, you know, be, beat them in week two, and then you know, it's like, then that's another loss. I didn't even give them a loss to Miami, so you know, the Raiders they have to go at uh, in Las Vegas. Who knows if the Raiders decide to turn it on in their new stadium? So I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. The Bills don't, yeah, the Bills don't have an easy schedule. Either. Like, even to, like, that stretch right there where it's at Tennessee, Kansas City, at the Jets, Patriots, Seahawks, Cardinals. Yeah, that's a tough stretch. Man, that's a, like, you know how I said last year, like, they, oh, like New England ran the gauntlet? That's that's a running the gauntlet. Minus the Jets, that's a gauntlet schedule. Like, like how I told you. Like, that's why I feel like the Patriots have a more favorable schedule, even though it's just as tough. But even to everybody going, oh, Patriots a tough schedule. I'm, like, now looking at it, like, so does Buffalo. Like, Buffalo plays... Tennessee, who I, I know New England plays Houston. I'd rather play Houston without DeAndre Hopkins than play the Tennessee Titans, who you know what have Derrick Henry, have Ryan Tannehill now, like who were in the AFC Championship game, who almost won the AFC Championship game. Like, man, Buffalo's got their war cut out for them. Just obviously, like I said, 
who knows what their record is that time. But looking at that stretch, I think they have to win in uh, at, in Buffalo uh, against us. They have to. Looking at that. Yeah. Um, and like, against I mean, Kansas City. If they start off the season 4-0, then it's a little different. But I don't think – I think they somehow drop a game that they shouldn't. Uh, I mean, like I said, at Miami, whatever. But – uh, so I mean, yeah. So they they need to win both, uh, probably both New York and New England. But like I said, you can analyze all day. So, but this is why I love this game because, like, look, it's May twenty third. We're already dissecting games that are going to happen in five to right. six months from now. Like, it's just there's football is just it's the any given Sunday metaphor that makes this sport so great. Because like, look, for all we know, that game against the when Buffalo goes to New York. Like, if you remember last year's Buffalo Jets game. The Bills barely won because the Jets blew right. it. The, but I think the Jets were up like sixteen to nothing or something like that. Yeah, it was. They were up by. It seemed like they were up by a good bit. Yeah. So who knows what can happen? And then also too, with a tough schedule like that, minus like oh, I was about to say, um, like with the Jets and the Dolphins, like the Jets and Dolphins, I both see max. Well, the Jets, I'm going to say their max ceiling is probably five to six, and then the Dolphins, the best I can see them doing is six and ten or seven and nine, and that's. If Tua is playing and sets the world on fire, because for all we know, Tua may not play right away. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they may decide to like you know just roll him in slow. So I mean, uh, if, I mean, if they think if, if he's ready to go, I think they play. They probably do just go ahead and start on week one. But uh, they may give him, may wait till week two. I don't know. Exactly. But they 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 got the stuff there. I, I think they just need a running back. I don't know if you want him to start his first very first game against Bill Belichick, but you know. To each of their own, I guess. But guess who Belichick's best buddy is in the uh, in the coaching? Nick Saban. Who did Nick Saban coach in college? Tua. Right. Yeah. I will say this. I, I switched over to Miami's schedule. Miami has a uh, if they're like they have, like I said if they're you know, if they're good, you know, they have a chance to to actually be the ones in control of the division. Honestly, just because they have an easier schedule, so if they're better than these teams, um, but uh, I I don't th- I don't think they're there yet, but. Um, we'll, you know, like I said, but if they do, like they, they have the stretch to where you know New England would would need to win some of those other games uh, for sure. Um, but I don't think, my, like I said, I don't think Miami's there quite yet. But same, but it's one of those things where it's like teach their own. But the one game going back to Buffalo quickly, I look at is that Week Six primetime game against the Kansas City Chiefs because even though if they lose, if they go out there and play really well and hold their own, people are going to look at that and go, okay, this Buffalo team's got something, but. That's, I just wanted to add that and the fact, too, that we don't know what how Josh Allen's going to be. Because if Josh Allen is missing Stephon Diggs and not making Diggs look like Stephon Diggs can be, then Buffalo's right. in trouble. You're right. Yep, I agree. Um, just trying to look at what else we can talk about quickly. Um, with, the other, with the schedule coming out... Uh, oh, I was about to talk about the schedule, but then there's some news to drop this week. Um... So The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, fantastic for anyone who's listening who hasn't watched it yet. But next year, ESPN is releasing The Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady docuseries. I know he kind of left us brokenhearted and he's with Tampa Bay now, but man, I cannot wait for that documentary to come out next year with ESPN. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a Brady homer. I mean, I'm Brady till the day I die. Um, even... even if there's some wounds still not healed <laughs> from him leaving us, but, uh, uh, or us, however you want to look at it, him not being with the Pats anymore. Um, the only thing I'd say is like, I, I wish, I just wish they would wait till he's done. Like, I feel like it's not going to be received well 
as well. Um, I mean, it's, you know, like you got the people, you know, like the Lorenzo's, of course, don't care. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I think that it would be received. Like with Michael Jordan, he's not playing right now, and it's been a while. So I think there's like, you know, who knows the kind of hate that he, I mean, I don't, their Twitter wasn't around. Um, but I wonder, like, because people don't like winners, ultimately. That's, I mean, you can, you know, you can bring the cheating up and everything like that, but when it boils down to it, they didn't win, you, you would literally not care. So, I mean, that's just, I think that's the biggest thing that's because it's, they're still, you know, it's still, a, you know, Brady's still, like, who knows, like, if, they, if he goes out and doesn't do anything with the Bucks and retires, then, you know, okay, it'll be perfect timing, I guess, but <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, I, I'll, of course, love it. I mean, it's going to be, you know, unless he just bashes the Pats, which is not going to happen, so. You, you nailed that one on the head. Um, the only thing I got to say about it, too, is just, like, it's just going to be good to see the inside, but at the same time, too, I wished, unless he announces, like, at the end of it, hey, I'm done, this is it, I'm retired. I That's the only reason I can think of for it coming out now. Um, one thing I want to point out quickly is, I don't, for any of you who follow the NFL on Instagram, I guess they decided to do a bunch of simulations for the season. And right now, they got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 8-0 and to start, which I don't buy for a second. 8-0? and Let me look at their yeah. schedule. Hold on. Like, they have the Saints to start. And the prediction was, oh, the Bucs are going to win 17 nothing. And I'm looking at that like, you really expect me to think that Drew Brees is going to have a shit game against the Buccaneers, who he plays often? No. Uh, they could beat everybody else. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went like seven and one. I can't imagine they they start eight and zero though. God, they have a super freaking soft schedule. I'm sorry, but they do. So you have at New Orleans uh, versus Carolina, which Carolina is kind of a wild card, uh, and it's a divisional rival. You know, so there's there's things there, but still, then you play Carolina, and yeah, that should be a win. Denver win. Chargers should be a win. I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, like depends on what they what Herbert's doing, I guess. At Chicago, they're a hot mess. Uh, Green Bay, that's that might you know that that could be one you know it's at home though, um, and then at Las Vegas, that should be a win, and then at the Giants, then you go back to New Orleans, or you uh, play New Orleans again at home, then you play Carolina, then you play the Rams. Rams should be an easy, and then you got Kansas City, uh, which should be a very interesting game. I can't why that. Well, they probably made the schedule before, but still, that should be a, that should have been a prime time game, but um. And it's too early in the season, too, probably. To, well, not early, it's mid-season, but still. Uh, then you got Minnesota, which who knows without Diggs and stuff how they'll how they'll be. And then you have Atlanta, Detroit, and Atlanta. Like, <laughs> I, I just I think the Bucks are definitely playoff bound. Like, there's just no way they can't. Um, yeah. I, I still Brady's think this... gonna have to, Brady's got to play pretty bad to not win like eleven games. <laughs> I still think I still pick the Saints to win that division overall, just because I believe New Orleans is a better overall team. Oh, I agree too. I still, I still think they win it too, but I'm just saying like they don't have like they don't really get a lot of tests outside of Kansas City. Yeah, so. and the Saints and, um, and Green Bay. Like I said, I guess I'll give them still give them credit. The one thing I want to say though about the schedule is the NFL said it's a lucky coincidence, but if you look at the Patriots schedule and the Bucks schedule, only Week 15 and Week 17 do the Patriots and the Buccaneers play at the same time. Like, the only games that I really care to watch with the Bucs is week one when they play um, when they play New Orleans just to see what he's like. You know that game's going to get viewership because everyone's going to want to see Brady. New team, everything like that. It, I'm saying this right now, though. 
Brady on a new team, if that stadium is full week one, I do not expect him to have a fun time out there against that Saints. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be very yeah, very 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 interesting. That's a that's a tough game to start. But then they yeah. can they can. I mean, even there'll be so many so many narratives. I mean, if they win, that's a huge win, obviously. But if they lose, the, the Brady can't. Uh, Brady will probably have a bad game and then knock off six seven straight. So I'm, I, I you know I don't think that that game says that's still early in the season. So to get yeah. that, I will say to get that at New Orleans out of the way early is probably going to benefit them more than hurt them i think it's games like the kansas city game and the new orleans game in tampa bay are the ones that are going to be the bigger narratives just because of the timing right i think by that point you'll you'll know where tampa's at and you'll know where new orleans is of course and as well so exactly exactly i'm just trying to think here um is there anything else you want to cover today I think that's it. I mean, like I said, you can kind of we can schedule talk and game talk all the time, but that's going to change every time we get on the podcast. So yeah, uh, I think we covered pretty much all we can. Exactly, and also, guys, sorry for the delay for episodes. It's just you know what, there wasn't a whole lot of news, but I'd rather record now. And you know what, we covered so much from the schedule, the little Patriots talk, as always, when it's just Phil and I. Um, we also like the Rooney Rule stuff, the free agency stuff. Um, the only other thing I want to say right now, quickly, is. With um, just going back to college football quickly, um, what was I going to say? College football. Is there any team right now besides because Cle- everyone is saying how Clemson's going to make the national championship and probably or not make it but have a good shot? Because if I had to predict the playoffs right now, I would say Clemson, Ohio State, an SEC team, and probably whoever wins ends up winning the Big Twelve. That's probably Bama still. Bama still going to be good. Bama Bama will just find a way. They'll find a way with either Mac Jones or. I don't know who their other quarterback is, but the one team I'm looking at right now as a dark horse is the Florida Gators for the SEC. I was going to say, like, yeah, if, if, if it's not Bama, it'd be Florida. Florida's supposed to be really good this year. Yeah. Um, so that would be the other team that I would say. If um, if Kyle Trask can take that next step and be a better quarterback, also, too, they have to beat Georgia. Oh, well, yeah, that thing. You ain't getting nowhere if you can't do that. That's for sure. Yeah, because that's a game I'm looking forward to is week three, Georgia, Bama, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that's just all I wanted to add. But anyway, Phil, man, I got to say, it was great talking to you here. Another episode, episode, I just got to look this up. It's been a while. got to make sure I get the numbers right now. Uh, episode number 17. 17. Jake DeLome episode. Shout out to Phil in the Carolinas there. I uh, Patriot who wore 17 didn't come to the top of my mind, and I saw 17, and I just said, oh, fuck it, Jake DeLone. The only thing I can think of was Dobson. Wasn't Aaron Dobson 17? Aaron Dobson. I think so. I think so. That's the only one I can think of, but yeah. yeah. Philip Rivers 17. Yeah. Oh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, the Philip yeah. Yeah, Rivers and his gosh dang it's and all that stuff on the sidelines reminded me of my good buddy Phil Nightmare 10 here. Next episode is the Peyton Manning episode, episode number 18. Uh, we're just going to skip 18 and yeah. 19. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it 19 with an asterisk and just write it's actually episode 18. We just don't want to mention that number. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Like, uh, like the podcast. Like us on YouTube. Uh, follow for more football content. We're just going to keep on pumping it out as we get closer and closer to the season. And hopefully there is a season. And like we say, keep on flattening the curve and stay safe because you know what? We'll get through this together. That's right. Thanks for listening, guys.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.